Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and telling excerpts about the exceptional. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. Hi everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of Let's Talk Digital. I'm your host, Audrey Naidu, and this has been my amazing and fun platform to talk about digital with some of the smartest and interesting people I know. I want to share some good news with you today. What started off as a small South African-only podcast last year is now spread and caught the attention of listeners across 23 countries globally. I am also excited to announce our latest partnership with Biz Community, one of Africa's biggest B2B premier news site across 19 industries with a reach of 500,000 global readers. Definitely news worth celebrating and a big massive thank you for staying tuned and spreading the word. Watch your space for new developments. In today's attention economy, our very own attention has become a scarce commodity. We are bombarded with countless information from social media to news sources, which is difficult for any one source to truly captivate our attention. My guest today is Mike Follett, Managing Director at Lumen Research, experts in measuring consumer attention in digital advertising. And yes, you have guessed right. The topic up for discussion is the challenge of attention in modern marketing. How's it, Mike? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Audrey. Yeah, uh, Mike, um, I just, I've been reviewing your LinkedIn profile, stalking you, actually. Uh, <laughs> and I noticed that whilst you were working at DDB in accounting, account planning, you moved uh-huh. to New York, then to India, and now based in the UK. How was that experience for you? It was really good. I mean, I, I, I joined um, the uh, DDB is a big um, international advertising agency, offices all around the world, including you know South Africa and, uh, and Nigeria and all, all, all over the African continent. Um, and uh, we, it was a grad training program um, straight out of university. I spent seven years um, at London, in London, and then uh, I moved to uh, New York uh, to run the digital bit of the company. I would do the planning, the strategic planning for big um, uh, digital brands there. And then um, uh, went off to India to head up the, uh, the whole of the planning department, not just the digital bit for, for India for a couple of years, which was, which was fascinating. And what you, what you sort of pick up on is sort of the consistencies and the differences uh, you know, the, the big international organisations are ha, do have cultures. DDB has a culture, and that culture is consistent across many, many different countries. And m- talking to a DDB in uh, in Mumbai is very similar to talking to a DDB in um, uh, Australia or uh, uh, Shanghai or uh, in New York. So that is really reassuring. That you know. People are the same around the world, um, and, and that cultures can be the same around the world. But uh, uh, the, the other thing is, you should can't help but notice equally how different we all are, and how there are different media cultures and different advertising cultures and different business cultures yes. throughout um, uh, throughout the world. So yes, I found it absolutely fascinating, and learned such a lot um, about business, but such a lot about you know life and about myself through through these travels. Which has been your favourite city? Um, 
Ooh, that is tough. Um, well, especially because I came out uh, to South Africa uh, a couple of years ago, and I went uh, first to Johannesburg, which I thought was amazing, and then I went to Durban, which I thought was amazing, even better, and then finally got to, to Cape Town, which was best of all. And you know, so, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is it is quite tough to, to choose. I think probably. Um, especially because I'm now in the depths of the English summer, which is very much like a South African winter, it appears. Um, I think Mumbai might be my favourite city of, of those things. It's just such an amazingly vibrant place. Um, and so many fantastically well-educated, sophisticated thinkers who have a, from a, from a sort of European or Western perspective, a very, very different slant on life. They see the world's problems from a, you know, from my point of view, in a very different and exciting way. So I really enjoyed my time in Mumbai and dying to go back. Oh, that's interesting. Seems like you had a very colourful journey. Um, But Mike, how did you land at Lumen Research? Well, yeah, um, I, I sometimes ask myself that question. Um, uh, I, I had worked in advertising for about 15 years. And uh, well, after about 15 years, you realize there are <laughs> patterns that come up again and again and again. And you thought you'd have learned this by now, but you're confronted with the same problem. And, you, and, and your 15 years of experience hasn't taught you anything. <laughs> I hadn't learned anything in 15 years, it appears. One of the things was how to lay out an ad. How big should your logo be on an ad? And you would have thought, after all these years of making, of, of, of the industry making ads, and uh, of me making ads, you would have learned something. But uh, no, I didn't have a bloody clue. You know, sometimes the ads worked when the logo was big. Sometimes the ad worked when the logo was small. And sometimes it didn't work when the ad was big or the logo was big or small or, or whatever. I, I had done, you know, as a, as a strategic planner, I'd done loads and loads of work um, uh, doing focus groups with people or, um, or get, doing people, getting people to do questionnaires, uh, you know, and, and, and um, you know, asking people questions about what they thought about advertising. Um, but it, it occurred to me that we were always, uh, when we were looking at, using the research tools to try and answer these questions, these tools were always prejudging the problem because we were forcing people to look at the ads, again, often against a a plain or a white background, and say, look at this ad and tell me what you think about it. But of course, advertising is never, it might be made in isolation, but it's never actually consumed in isolation. Your newspaper ad is always seen inside the newspaper. Your um, Facebook ad is uh, seen as people are flicking through their phone. And and so I thought, well, perhaps it might be more useful, more interesting to um, uh, test these ads in context and then use eye tracking to work out what it is that people actually noticed. Um, and uh, I was working for a big supermarket in, 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 in Britain called Tesco Supermarket. And they're one of the biggest retailers in, um, uh, uh, in Europe. And they have quite big budgets and they spent loads of money on advertising. But they spent so much advertising, on, they spent also loads of money on research. And so I pitched this idea to them. I said, why don't we um, uh, put, test your ads in context? And why don't we use eye tracking to see if anyone's noticing them? And they went, well, okay, we'll give it a go. And so we did it. Um, and um, I, was, I had this sort of revelatory moment 
talking to my clients because we came back and actually we could show the clients exactly what it was that people were, were looking at and how long they were looking at it. And instead of us all having an opinion, I think this or I think that, we could just see the images just showed you how much attention went to, to different things. Um, and it was one of those, like I say, a bit of a revelation to me because I thought, right, I could do this for a living. I could stop um, making the ads and I could start uh, helping brands understand um, uh, the reality of, of attention to their ads full time. So I packed in my job at the ad agency and I went to do an MBA at Imperial College London um, and I spent a year sort of you know, learning more about the sort of business size of, of, of running, a, running an agency, running a technology company um, uh, and um, we launched in 2013 uh, with Tesco as one of our first clients. Um, and um, yeah, and, and that's and, and and the shift from making ads to refining ads, and the shift from 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 talking about strategy to now developing tools and technologies that can help you implement strategy has been has been um, uh, just a really sort of fascinating transition for me. Yeah, that is an amazing story. Okay, Mike, let's start by asking um, the question, what is the tension or rather the tension economy, um, which speaks to the product offering that Lumen Research offers to brands? Well, yeah, that's a good question. What is attention? Um, uh, it is a really deep and important you know, um, uh, thing for us to consider. Um, at Lumen, we have developed a technology that tracks your eye movements. And um, and so there is a tendency for us to think that attention equals visual attention. You know, and when you, uh, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So we are, we have a, we, there's a, there's a trap that we sometimes get into, which is um, uh, thinking that uh, all attention is visual attention, but of course it's not. Attention is a process that goes on in, inside the mind where um, you, uh, you focus your mental efforts on something. And that can be audio attention. It can be haptic, you know, that what you touch. Um, it can actually, you know, in a sort of more mindful and meditative sense, it has, has no outside um, uh, uh, stimulus. It's just what's going on on the, on the head. But it is a rare and finite resource. You, it's very hard to concentrate and to attend to more than things or two things at once, um, and, uh, and and what we attend to uh, really is our, 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 our focus of our, 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 our neural activity. Eye tracking is a sort of an outward sign of an inward state. You know what we look at is usually what we're attending to. Not always, but but usually, and that's what um, uh, Lumen uh, measures. What what people look at, uh, and and therefore using that as a sort of a proxy of what people are are attending to. People have a choice about what to look at and what to attend to, uh, and they and they and, and and that's why we think of attention as selective. You have you know you you have a couple of things that you could look at, and you look at one rather than another, and we are constantly making this choice. In actual fact. Attention is there to, you know, all of this is to sort of keep us alive uh, in, in evolutionary terms. And so we're constantly making choices about what, to, what what's important to, 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 to look at and, and what's important. To, and equally, what's important to ignore. 
Now, this is something that we do for, for everything, you know, attending to uh, the cars that are whizzing by as we're walking on by the road or attending to uh, what's out there um, in the bush. Is that a snake? You know, is that a, um, uh, a lion? I know, or is it just a lovely sunset or, you know, you, the choices that you're making about what to look at? But equally, it's something that we do um, when it comes to consuming media. Um, uh, making a choice about what to look at. Will I be looking at what program shall I watch or what article shall I read and which, how long for and so on. And am I going to be distracted or, in, you know, or, or entertained by the advertising that goes with it? So when we're talking about attention, we're always talking about selective attention and we're always, always talking about what we're not looking at as much as what we are looking at. And it turns out that when it comes to advertising, um, uh, uh, we are often not looking at attention, uh, looking at the ads. So can our attention be compared to that of a goldfish? I don't know about that. It's, I, I sometimes hear of those things that um, where people have an attention span, and I never quite understand what people mean by that. And that um, if we have an attention um, uh, uh, span, we uh, then sometimes it is uh, 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 growing, or sometimes it's shrinking. And and apparently humans have uh, shrinking attention. I don't. You know, when you actually think about it, what does that actually mean? this attention span thing and how could you com compare it to another animal um so i yes i hear about that um uh, uh but i i don't quite get it myself on uh, uh, what i do know is that uh, uh people are very good at ignoring stuff you know stuff in general we are constantly being bombarded with potentially interesting stimulus and we have to make a judgment about whether or not it's worth looking at. And English is quite an in interesting language. I don't know how it works in Afrikaans and I'm really, really interested to hear about how it works in, in something like Zosa or something. But we, we in England, English, use lots of economic metaphors for attention. You pay attention and you spend time with people and sometimes uh you you earn attention um and if you're not careful you'll waste people's time and i hope i'm not wasting your 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 listeners time now but what, what this sort of suggests is that that there's a transaction going on here mm. um you uh, uh there is something of value that you are looking at and you are constantly choosing whether or not it is still worth it to be looking at stuff um and and this like i say isn't just about uh, advertising this is about everything uh you 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 you, you attend to things um uh until such time as you've, you you've got all the information you need from that is, is it a snake is it as oh no it's just a stick it's okay you can stop worrying you know um what's that over that what, what was that movement a lion no no it wasn't it's okay and so you can stop looking at it. the same thing goes for um uh, what, what is rather broadly called content sort of news and entertainment or gossip or whatever it is you know you're constantly judging is this worth uh carrying on is this interesting you know is, is this worth my time and it definitely happens with advertising People often uh, do glance at advertising, but they're constantly making a judgment about whether or not um, it's worth um, engaging with, um, and, and, and frequently, frequently it isn't, <laughs> so they don't.
Yeah, I was going to say that uh, you mentioned uh, you pay attention. So we can't actually buy attention. We have to earn the attention of our consumers. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think this is really quite important. One of the big things that we've learned over doing um, uh, now eight years of research in, into this uh, topic is that there's a very big difference between things being viewable and things being viewed. And often when you work in marketing, either when you work on the publisher side or on the, uh, the brand and the agency side, you assume that you can buy eyeballs you know, and that newspapers or, or, or software, so, social media networks or whoever it might be, might be selling eyeballs. And to an extent, I suppose that shorthand is quite useful. Um, you can't look at things that, that aren't there. You have to put the ad in front of people for them to notice it. But just putting it in front of people doesn't mean that they'll look at it. There's, it's an opportunity to see, mm. not actually seeing it. And um, uh, 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 trying to uh, get that uh, message across to people is really, really important. That just because you've been given the opportunity to say something to your audience doesn't mean that they'll automatically spend enough time to uh, uh, listen um, and to uh, engage with it. So, um, yeah, we, you have to, uh, we have to, as marketers, remember that we are, uh, we, we, we buy ourselves the right to get noticed when we buy advertising, but we don't actually buy attention. We have to say something that is uh, worth listening to, or we have to be interesting or, 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 or um, uh, uh, controversial or, or useful enough to, 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 get no, to, to, to keep people's attention once we've, once we've got it. Yeah, which reminds me of this quote that I read in one of your reports. People don't read ads, they read what they want, and sometimes it's an ad, which makes it important to measure what people really look at, not just an opportunity to see. Yes, absolutely. That's, um, that's super, super important to, um, uh, and to, to measure the right, to, to read the right thing there. For years now, we've only been able to measure the opportunity to see. Mm. Um, that's it. You know, and there's no point in, uh, and I was reading a, a, a conference in Oxford in 1968, where people uh, sat around a table, were saying, you know, when we do audience measurement, all we're measuring is the opportunity to see rather than the actual attention. But you can feel from the notes in that meeting um, that they go, oh, this is, we're just setting up a problem that we can't solve. There's, you know, it, it, why bother? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. We can't. We can't measure attention, so let's just measure a proxy for it, which is which is you know um, viewable impressions or, or, or opportunities to see. And like I said, at Lumen, we measure. You no, know, we we haven't solved the problem entirely there either, because all we do is measure people's eye movements, um, and that is uh, uh, a itself not the full story because attention is is a is a process that happens inside the brain and the eyes are might be the window into the into the soul but they are not the soul um and they're not the brain uh, so uh, yeah so we're only we're, we're still uh, you know measuring a proxy here but i think it's a much better proxy but yeah i mean the the the, the up until now we haven't been able to to to, to measure this stuff and, and and if you can't measure it 
you know they say what you know what gets measured what, what gets met what matters gets measured or what matters measures get mattered or i don't know i screwed that one up haven't i if you can't measure it then it can't matter so you know so we're we're we're, we're now entering a new sort of paradigm where we can measure this stuff and it is beginning to it is beginning to matter mm. so measure only what matters essentially well absolutely i mean we you know like I said, we, perhaps we should have been trying to measure this stuff for um, uh, for many years. Like you know, this conference uh, that uh, the, the, the the market research uh, society set up in in, in Oxford in sixty eight did highlight that a, attention is really important and is the thing that matters. But if you couldn't measure, if you couldn't actually measure it, then there's no point in worrying about it. <laughs> Theoretically, it's important, but but practically, you can't do anything about it. So, you know, now we can do something about it, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why the, all this all this activity the, you know, about the attention economy is 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 picking up steam because we can measure it. We can put a number to those things now in a way that we couldn't in the past. So, so why is this becoming so important now than any other time previously? What's changed? Well, um, I think there's um, uh, probably two or three things that are, 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 um, are happening all simultaneously. The first is this sort of instrumental reason. Um, you know, like I said, we didn't have the technology to measure attention. Now we do. And because we have some data and because we have some, some, some um, uh, 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 sort of practical uh, you know, numbers that we can play with, you can suddenly take it more seriously. You can do something about it. It's less of a theoretical problem. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a practical issue. Um, that's one thing. But then I think the second thing is um, we are, as a society are, are um, coming to terms with a far more fractured um, uh, m- media ecosystem. There was a time in um, in all our countries, in South Africa and just as in Britain, and where um, the media were extremely few in number. I mean, you, you literally only had newspapers out of home radio and then TV. And then on TV, you only had one or two or three channels. In the last 20 years, um, not only has the number of channels exploded but because of the rise of the internet suddenly um there are millions of different literally millions of different websites and millions of different experiences of um for for, for each individual um person of of, of how you receive commercial messages this i think has led to a really big rethinking about um what we're measuring when we're measuring media in the old days, you could, you know, there were only say three TV channels that, that with advertising on them. You could you could measure that, and you could assume that people weren't doing anything else apart from watching TV. You know, if they were at home of the evening and people weren't reading books or talking to friends, if they were sat in front of the TV, they were probably watching the ads. Um, uh, where with the, in the ad breaks, and they were probably getting the messages, um, uh, you know, that were, that were there, and, and we could we could have a very simple model of sending messages out, communicating things to people, um, 
and then seeing his effects in the market afterwards. And South Africa, of course, was, was was an absolute pioneer in the modelling of this sort of data with someone like um, that man, uh, uh, Duplessis, uh, Duplessis, sorry, um, uh, sort of a, a titan of, um, of ad testing um, and has enormous great panels that he used to run in, in South Africa that I think Cantar uh, is still doing, um, really helped us understand how, how to measure ads and how to measure the effects of ads. Now we, we have so many more um, and, and so many so many more differentiate so, so, so many more channels but also the sort of experience of advertising is um uh, so much uh, more, uh, more more personalized you you and i can both go to the same website and see radically different ads you and i can both go to facebook but we can consume facebook in different ways you might uh, uh be very very uh, use it in, in a very very uh slow fashion engaging with um things um uh, you know each and every post and, and looking at, at each and every ad i can you know use it much more like a roulette wheel um spinning the wheel and things go shooting past we're both exposed to ads but we're exposed to ads in very very different ways I think people are coming on, coming, coming on to the fact that people's experiences of commercial messages are, are radically uh, diverse now. And the assumptions that we made about how advertising worked um, a few years ago when there were fewer media and, and the experience of advertising was far more consistent across groups, um, th th those models are breaking down because people's behavior is changing. Um, and, and so as, as uh, marketers and as um, researchers, we have to come up with sort of new paradigms of, of how to understand how advertising works to reflect these new behaviors. And I think that's why people are now taking the, the minutiae of attention much more seriously. How does this pose the challenge for advertisers and media agencies going forward? The, the first thing, is that you, you really do have to measure what is actually happening rather than what you think is happening or what you're being told is happening by the publishers and by the platform. It is really, really important to look at your data um, and to actually have a real deep think about how this relates to reality. So you might buy um, a million ad impressions online, but how many of those ad impressions actually reach the screen? And if they've reached the screen, how many of them actually got looked at and for how long? That is a really, really important first step just to work out what's the current situation. Um, uh, and, and, and knowledge in that sense very much is power. Because if you have a better idea of what reality is like, then the second step is what do you do about that? <laughs> You'll know what is working for you and what isn't. You can stop doing the bad stuff and you can take all the money that you've been wasting in some, on some websites and some areas or in some channels and put it into the uh, and invest behind the stuff that is working. Because advertising does work. And a lot of advertising that's going out there really is very, very effective. Um, you just have to work out uh, uh, which bits are effective and, and, and invest behind that and, and avoid wasting money on um, the stuff that is, is getting ignored. So 
my my advice to um, uh, South African and uh, and, and uh, companies and, and companies across the whole of the African um, continent would be first is to work out what what is actually happening. Do not necessarily just take the numbers that you've been giving at face value. Actually, have a look at what this really means and the behaviour that's actually happening there. Secondly, with that information. Um, uh, Stop doing the stuff that really isn't working. But, you know, it might be a money-saving thing. You know, just to stop, you know, just reduce your budgets, but just cut out the crap, uh, and, re- and if you can, reinvest in, in in the platforms and the ad formats and ad types that are, are working. And then I suppose the third thing to go back to this idea of earning attention is to start thinking about. Um, uh, uh, the creative that you're you're, you're putting out there, and, and the messaging that you're, you're you're putting out there. At Lumen, we re- you know what, what, we have sort of two big learnings. The first is that people don't look at all the ads that are, that are available to be seen. You know, people are quite good at ignoring ads. The second thing that we learn is that if they do look at ads, they don't look at the ads for very long. Um, uh, they probably look at it for much less time than you think. The, the big learning for us there is to remember, like, what sort of type of attention are you getting? There is one type of attention, which is a bit like TV, where you sit, you know, people down and, and there's a little story that plays out in front of people on their, on their TVs or on their desktops or on, on, on their um, mobile phones. And it's a little, and, and, and it's sort of, uh, the, the, the deal is, um, Watch this little story, which is funny or moving or interesting, and you might learn something. And there's a, you know, it's, it's like a little story. That's what a TV ad is. Uh, and the value exchange there is, I'll be entertaining and funny, and you, you listen to me, and perhaps you might like my my company, or, or you might remember my brand. On the other hand, there's another type of attention which is just t- two or three seconds long, which is much more like a poster. Um, and it's just to remind you that um, ABSA is a big financial, you know, ABSA can help you with your you know, financial needs or your mortgage or your um, insurance or whatever. Um, or that Tusker is a beer. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have, a, it's not a story, it's not a little little vignette that tells you a story, but it is just reminds you about that. And so you, if you know those things, you do different types of creative. For TV, it's a, it's a storytelling, brand-building sort of environment. For posters, um, it's a, a simple message that just reminds you that the brand exists. The really interesting thing um, on, on this is that most digital media is much more like a poster than it is like a TV ad. Almost everything on Facebook gets around about two seconds of attention, much like a poster does. Uh, Instagram is the same, uh, Twitch, uh, uh, sorry, um, Twitter, um, uh, 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 LinkedIn, they're all basically posters. That's the reality of how people actually engage with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that means that when you're buying media, you should remember that you're essentially buying a poster, which is right. But you should also put uh, d- develop your ad, your digital ads so that they look like posters, so that they can be consumed in a couple of seconds, so that they're not like TV ads. Um, so 
bit of a long answer there for you. I can always give long answers. Um, anyway, but still, th- I, I would say there would be three big things for um, uh, uh, brands and agencies to do. Firstly, measure what's actually happening. Two would be redeploy your media budget towards the stuff that actually gets attention and away from stuff that is probably going to be ignored. And then number three is have a real deep think about your creative so that it works in the in 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 the, in the attention budget that people have uh, for these different media so it's important that media creative and targeting all work together well absolutely that's um that's really really important that the and targeting i, I we, we you know we do have lots of information about that as well the, the, Targeting is super, super important and um, uh, has a big impact on on attention as well. Um, If you, um, all of us will be walking around town, I tell you what, we will see quite a lot of um, a baby and new mother and new father advertising around. But until you are a new mother or new father, it's not very relevant or interesting to you. As soon as you become a new mother or a new father, suddenly you notice these things an awful lot more. How you, you know, that, that, that it becomes quite quite interesting for uh, 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 for you, and so you attend much more to it. Um, similarly, in financial services, um, it's a it, it's a low interest category until it becomes a high interest category. Until you start thinking about renewing insurance or um, buying a house or if you're really angry with your bank and you want to switch accounts or something, suddenly all advertising becomes actually really worth it. There's a, the value exchange um, uh, becomes super important. So you know, we, we, we find that making sure that your advertising is well targeted is, um, has quite a big impact on the attention that people give to it. So you're absolutely right there. Um, First, sort out the media to make sure that your investing behind media is super important. Secondly, sort out your creative so that it works in the right way for that media. And remember that almost all digital media are closer to being like posters than they are like um, uh, TV ads. And then thirdly, make sure that you're targeting the right people if you can. Um, Because people who find your advertising relevant are going to uh, uh, stick around for longer and 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 and, and, and attend to it more and remember it more and, and and so on. That said, I don't know about what you, what you're finding in South Africa, but certainly over here in Britain, perhaps as a response to to GDPR and um, in the states CCPA, we have been fairly targeting obsessed over here. Um, uh, investing lots and lots of money in technologies that claim to be able to um, uh, you know, find exactly the right people uh, for your advertising. Uh, you know, so, so if you want to target young mums, I will make sure that only young mums see this. No one else sees this, this advertising. There's quite a backlash against that now because, A, because this targeting stuff, I think, is, is largely rubbish you know it doesn't do what it says it's going to do and uh, um, secondly because a lot of this targeting information is going away because cookies are uh, are, are going away um, and so you won't be able to retarget people on this anyway and then third thing 
you know, people like uh, uh, Andrew Ehrenberg, um, the great sort of marketing scholar, and, and his sort of popularizers. Um, there's a chap called um, Byron Sharp, who makes his money regurgitating the the, the, the thinking of, of, of Andrew Ehrenberg. Um, these people have uh, done an awful lot of you know, science, you know, proper hardcore science to, to, to demonstrate that actually targeting isn't always the, the right strategy. Perhaps a, a mass strategy of trying to reach as many people um, uh, as possible uh, is, uh, is, is, is the best way of using your, your ad dollars. Yeah, we call it the, the spray and pray approach. Well, yeah, that sounds like a, a pejorative thing, Audrey, that spray and pray, you know, might be a... I think when we look at the, the, the real numbers behind this, Ehrenberg's work, which is really, really impressive, um, uh, suggests that uh, uh, targeting probably is, is overrated and, and that what you want to do is a bit more spraying and praying. Um, yes, it's true that... Um, uh, 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 people who are in market are more likely to notice and remember your ads. But how do you find people who are in market? You know, you, 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 you know, the, the, the targeting technologies that we claim to be able to use just don't think, work, you know, that, that they don't do what they say on the tin. They don't actually reach these people. Much better, I think, is to adopt a, a, a mass approach, try and talk to as many different people as possible, and, and, and just acknowledge that um, it's going to be more relevant for some people in that, in that group than, than others. But even for the people it's not immediately relevant for, there's going to still be some value in that. And like I say, the work of the Ehrenberg Bass Institute, an institute set up, um, you know, the, you know er, Andrew Ehrenberg's name is on, on the tin, tin there, um, uh, it, it, uh, is, is, is really, really important. So I, I strongly urge your um, listeners to uh, to seek out the work of, like I say, Professor Byron Sharp, uh, Jenny Romaniak, and they're both researchers uh, at the Ehrenberg Mass Institute in, in Adelaide in Australia. Um, there's a there's a good sort of popularisation of, of of Ehrenberg's work in a book called How Brands Grow, um, which um, is, is is really really. Uh, impressive um, and I think that's where the, the cutting edge of the, the marketing science is leading at the moment Definitely I just want to touch on quickly uh, some of the work you've been doing with ambiguity on defining a measurement metric for attention, can you expand on this? Sure. So, um, like I say, at Lumen we use eye tracking to work out firstly, if anyone is looking um, and uh, uh, secondly, how long they look for. And if you multiply uh, one by the other, you can come up with a, a sort of a single you know, number uh, that we call uh, attentive seconds. How many attentive seconds do you get out of this, uh, uh, this ad? And what we imagine is you buy a thousand ads. Everything in media is always in thousands, isn't it? You have cost per thousand and you have, you know, uh, we have lots of things calculated in thousands. So we, we put it in thousands. Imagine you buy a thousand ads. Of those ads, perhaps 80% of them get noticed. You go, right, okay, so that's 800 get noticed. And they get noticed, on average, they get noticed for two seconds each. So of your thousand ads, um, 800 get noticed 
for two seconds each. So you've generated 1600 or 1600 seconds of attention for your, uh, uh, for your uh, thousand ads. And some media might generate 5000 seconds of attention, and some media might generate 100 seconds of attention. But either way, you've got a single sort of common currency to judge between things like TV, and um, uh, uh, out of home and press and all the different forms of digital and so on. We find this as a really useful sort of yardstick to, to, to benchmark different media and then obviously different formats and different campaigns and, and, and so on. Because it's, it, it's based on individuals rather than the media. You know, it's about how, how much attention people give to stuff rather than how many um, ads have been, have been bought. We work with the guys at Ubiquity to combine this sort of attention per thousand data with cost per thousand data so that we can give you a cost per thousand seconds of attention. Um, and, uh, and, and this is really, really you know, um, uh, interesting to, to look at. The, the the work that was recently done with them showed quite conclusively in in, in Britain at least that TV is a very expensive media, and digital display, you know, advertising on your on your desktops or your or your phones is very very cheap. You go okay, sure thing. Well, you know. but when you look at how much attention is generated by a, your average TV ad, and how much attention is generated by your average desktop display ad you suddenly realize that TV isn't a very expensive medium at all. In actual fact, it's a really cheap way of buying attention. Your average TV ad generates so much more attention than your average uh, digital display ad that it is a very cost-effective way of buying attention. And the digital, digital display ads, you know, they're cheap, but they're nowhere near cheap enough in actual fact, there's a there's a very high price for low cost media, um, uh, and um, you know, in, in, when you start looking at things through an attention lens, you can you can really work out which media are an attention bargain, and which media are um, uh, 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 are, are attention sinkholes where you can put a lot of money but not in but not get a lot of attention out. So definitely a lot going on there, um, and we we need to play catch up with you know trying to get to more authentic ways of measuring attention in our local market. But in terms of the future, um, how is this ecosystem going to evolve in the next two to three years from now? Well, I think that uh, as we collect more data. And our sort of a basis of understanding of the reality of attention, the models and the, and the, the, the averages that we, of attention will get stronger and stronger and we'll have more confidence in the data that we're collecting. You know, we're still at a, you know, an early stage of this journey. We you know the, the data we collect is very consistent, it doesn't change much, but uh, more data is always better data, more data from more countries gives us greater confidence about uh, understanding the reality of attention. So what I predict is that um, uh, lots of advertisers uh, and, and, and publishers uh, in places like Britain and America will become more 
confident about using our data to uh, to evaluate media and um, uh, in, in in markets like South Africa which have been you know we've been working in South Africa for, for some time now so we've got quite a lot of South African data but um, we're at a, at a, a slightly earlier stage of the journey um, uh, in South Africa where people are still sort of experimenting and learning and, and remain to be convinced that this stuff matters. Mm. Um, this, this, this podcast like this are really important for introducing the concept of eye tracking and attention to, uh, uh, to people. And people will have, rightly so, will be pretty sceptical at least initially, uh, uh, about this stuff. And so I think what we'll see is um, a, a deepening understanding uh, of, of the situation in, in places like Britain and America and um, a, a, a fast catch-up in, in other markets as people um, uh, uh, experiment and learn and, 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 and therefore gain in confidence. Yeah, as with all things. But Mike, thank you so much for your time this morning. I mean, this was a fascinating conversation. Hopefully you can join the podcast sometime soon to tell us about the progress you've made in your own market. Well, we'd be lov lovely to do that. And, and, you know, hopefully um, you'll see more of our work um, in South Africa. Obviously, we've, we've done some pioneering work with Caxton uh, uh, Media uh, um, a couple of years ago. Um, but we're now doing work with a, a really brilliant company called Ad Colony. Uh, and I, I hope that you get to see some of the Lumen work uh, through there. But I'm very happy to come and give you a progress update uh, uh, next time uh, that, you, that you need me on the show. Thank you so much, Mike. Have a good day. Thanks, Audrey. Okay. Bye. Bye. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe. Follow our Instagram handle at TalkDigitalZA. Engage us on our website at TalkDigitalZA.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.